And we are live here at FOW Radio on Podbean for FOW Live. I am Patrick, your host with me, Danny Danger, Nika Phyllis, Eric's at, uh, for the week. But my He's on assignment. He's on assignment. Yes, it's on assignment. But here we are, the three of us, just like old times, pre-Eric days, you know. Yeah, back back when Mika's schedule allowed us for more, uh, yeah, for more podcasting than it did than it does as of late. Right, back 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 when she was only doing like two or three podcasts a week. Yeah, now she's doing seventeen or eighteen a week. <laughs> oh gosh, you know, fifteen a day. I try to, you know, I try to keep it down to a bare minimum. Well, you know, I mean, at, at least you're not doing like two or three at the same time, you know. Oh, so I should not be on this other podcast right now. Gotcha. No problem. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you you don't have to be on the other one. I mean, as long as you're talking on this one, it doesn't matter what you're doing on the other one, right? Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, if you go dead silent out of nowhere. And then we get a selfie or a notification that you're <laughs> drinking wine or something with somebody else. Uh, then, then we have a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not that that would ever yeah. happen. No, because I would not want you to dock my pay. So I definitely, that's definitely it. would not do that. That's the big. That's the <laughs> maybe big, that's uh, what. Maybe that's why they. Uh, why, um, uh, Eric is not here this week after he found out last week of the lack of incentive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think we might have told him when at one point the check was in the mail and he figured out that nobody does mail anymore. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he should have figured that out a long time ago. But... <laughs> He's from Canada. He, he, he didn't know any better. You know, they're yeah. Canadian, eh? Yeah. Well, man, we're back. So, so much to. Uh, not necessarily a lot so much, but we do we, we, we do have stuff to talk about, and I kind of like want to go ahead and uh, get to it, and uh, let's kick it Dive in with um, now. Okay, Splash. Danny, I, I have only <laughs> my, my catching up of Me Japan was terrible. I only watched one night from last, and from, and now there's uh, four, and then there's four more nights on top of that. So you're yeah, down so like have, a week. Yeah. You're like a whole like week's behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want, we, since you've only watched one extra night, we can hold off because by the time we reach will. next week, it'll be almost the finals. Yeah, we we can just do a recap of you know just uh, go back some and of look our at highlights, the last, of favorite yeah, matches, exactly. Uh, yeah. Instead of going like spending five minutes on each day, uh, there are yeah. other podcasts that covered the, the whole thing. But um, yeah, coming big news of the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Is that we are getting the World Tag League and the Best of Super Juniors uh, together on the same tour? Yeah, they're, uh, the way huge. they're doing it, instead of doing like Block A one day and Block B the next, they're doing World Tag League one day, Best of Super Juniors the next, and rotating. But the problem is, is now that there's not enough dates to show what would be a full tour. Typically, yeah. a full tour for either of those would be. 15 to 20 dates because you have to have all the 20 teams fight, you know, fight in their blocks. Now there's only eight days, then a final allotted for each of each of those competitions. So I'm, I'm assuming 
that will have smaller fields for yeah, each of those that's because they're still going to keep the shows to. I, I'm guessing they're still going to keep the shows to the six match format, um, you know, and and just still doing COVID cleaning and that kind of thing in between. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we definitely will have less participants. Uh, and, of course, it, it all starts uh, on December the 6th, and then the finals will be on uh, December 11th. I mean, sorry, uh, no, it will start, um, what do you call it? Uh, start November, November 15th. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's going to be series. And then, the, yeah, and then they're going to do... <laughs> Uh, the finals on December 6th, which is going to be really fun. Uh, and yeah, it's it's crazy, but I'm glad that they're going to have the best of the Super Juniors. Yeah. Um, yeah, best, both tournaments are always fun, and, and even, in a, even in a possible condensed format, it's still going to be a lot of fun and, and really enjoyable, as the tournament format always is. Um, I'm guessing that since there are several weeks between the end of the um, G1 and the start of the other formats, I'm guessing we'll get announcements about competitors, about you know number of teams or number of participants um, in each. But I'm guessing that even with the condensed format, we may still have um, some people we don't we haven't seen in a while. You know, certain yeah. teams. You know that maybe some of the people I'm thinking that have been competing on New Japan Strong may be involved in the uh, the best Super Juniors like Rocky Romero or TJP. Uh, maybe ACH might even be involved in the best Super Juniors this year as mm-hmm. well. Um, I mean, it just I guess it depends really how they want to go. Yeah. How they want to go and who can get into Japan and back well, out that, because yeah. that's. Yeah. That's going to be key as well. We we have some time uh, to kind of let the world settle uh, and get kind of open more for travel to in and out of different countries. But you definitely will have to keep an eye and see when travel opens up, and then it'll probably be easier for them to throw out announcements like like your ACHs, well, like your TJP. Certain pe- well, certain people fr- have come from other countries to there. Once once they started the G one Kenta. Um, and Jeff Cobb um, and Jay White, who were all competing in the U.S. for New Japan Strong, were allowed to go into Japan. So I don't know if that means certain things are opening or they got the visa set up right. So it, it, it may be it may be in condition with that. But TJP has been featured on Impact some, and ACH we know has you know has been featured a lot of different places as well. So it may also come down to who's available for the full tour. Yeah, uh, of course, we've been having the New Japan Strong episodes uh, here in the U.S. And, you know, we have had some people who are currently in the G1. So that, of course, means that they pre-taped a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So, They're not flying so, back and forth, right. especially on the same day. Yeah. Some of them, I think last week you had you had some of you had Jay White on the same day as he was competing. Mm-hmm in Japan as he was in the new Japan strong. Yeah. Uh, so technology is not, it's not there yet. So, uh, that's, uh, I mean, I, I was, maybe he was a, he could have been a clone or a hologram. I mean, you guys ever think about that? That's possible. We're talking about Japan I mean, here. They've got advanced technology that we don't have well, in the United States. And they're I mean, not really that's, sharing. 
That's that's true. Well, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Um, I'm interested to see who they're gonna bring in. I mean, we we've seen uh, a number of uh, uh, junior. Uh, Junior uh, super junior, like the juniors, uh, move up to heavyweight this year. So that's true. Yeah. So they, that that will both, bring oh, definitely the both men that both men that were in the finals last year are now heavyweights. Both Osprey and Shingo Takagi, yeah. who were both they were in the finals at their you know they won their blocks and they were in the finals. Osprey won it, but they're both in they're both heavyweights now. So that opens doors for a lot more super junior, a lot more junior heavyweights. To come yeah. in and possibly take a spot. Definitely. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, as far as she's announced. I, I reckon sometime either the G1 finals uh, or the, right thereafter they'll announce those. Um, but yeah, really, really fun. Uh, and of course, uh, the, here in the States, lots of stuff going on, lots of fun stuff, of course. Uh, Wednesday night was a big night and a bad night for some people. Uh, well, first on AEW, Cody Rhodes, uh, who uh, gave uh, got rid of that uh, blonde hair now with his natural black hair, regained the uh, TNT Championship. He's the only two-time TNT champion as he uh, de- defeated Brody in a dog collar match. And, uh, I don't know if that black hair. By Greg the Hammer Valentine. That black hair is not natural, just FYI. But you know, it looks it looks good on him. What? His I think his hair his more natural hair color is like a brownish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. His his hair is like a dark brown kind of. It's a dark brown naturally. Yeah, not not that black. Well, it was definitely not that blonde. So. <laughs> definitely, definitely not that blonde. That blonde was a homage to his father, and um, it, nice as it was, the black looks it, it fits him better. So, mm-hmm. yay! Uh, so, uh, still though, uh, his older brother still has the best hair. Um, I, I'm sorry, I just watched. We watched Halloween Havoc 1994 this week, so he doesn't do hair, but nonetheless, um, yes. AEW, of course, they're having their pay-per-view coming up. Uh, I can't remember if it's either October or November, but it's uh, Full Gear. And they're also going to have a tournament uh, for that to determine the number one contender for the uh, for Moxley's title. As uh, Moxley is going to be defending his championship against Lance Archer on the anniversary show. So that, that should be interesting. Yeah, I mean they've they've had fights against each other in New Japan and in uh, AEW, so it's always it's always a big a a good fight when those guys get together. Yeah, uh, so I think that the people that are going to be involved in this tournament, um, o- Omega, Cabana, Adam Page, uh, and Wardlow, uh, Ray Phoenix. And Jungle Boy. So that's uh, people. Yeah. six. So there's going to be two more announced. And that will make it eight. The winner uh, facing Moxley, if he is still the champion, at Full Gear on uh, November the 7th. Right. 
Jungle Boy, go Jungle Boy. I know, right? He's one of the he's the name he's the first name you hear and you go, Oh, okay. In line for the title match. Okay. <laughs> You're I like, mean, Oh, that's nice of them. Give the kid a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, give somebody I mean, a chance to squash him. Yeah. So here here's the other thing that comes out of AEW. It's it's only speculation, but it involves New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, this week's episode of Dynamite featured the 30 years of Jericho celebration. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the people of many who sent in a video message wishing Jericho well on his 30 year career was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. He was. So, of course, we know that Tanahashi and Jericho fought at this year's rest this past Wrestle Kingdom. Jericho I'd like to earned forget the about victory. it. Mm-hmm. It was a decent match, but I definitely didn't want Jericho to win that match. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I would like to forget about it. But with Tanahashi giving that message and it being aired live on TV here in the United States, and the changing of presidents. For New Japan Pro Wrestling, they are changed. Their their corporate president has is changing after mm-hmm. the G One. He's swapping out. People are starting to speculate if there's going to be a working relationship between New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW in the United States. So I don't know if that would how that would work. I don't know if that would be talent exchange only. I don't know if there would be co branded events. Um, or if it would just allow for more people like Moxley to go over and do some shows, Jericho to go do some shows, maybe have some Young Lions or some of the stars come over to AEW and kind of work tours. I don't know. But anytime there's any kind of tink, you know, twist or twinge of a, a possible linking working relationship between promotions, I think it gets people excited. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think, you know... I don't think that – I mean, I'm not going to say the guys left on a sour note. I mean, uh, but, you know, maybe it wasn't always the best way how they they did come out. But, you know, you got to understand that business business and th- there are opportunities. Um, I mean, they, they are sort of competitors now in, in, in the U.S. market. So That's true if the expansion of right. New Japan America continues. Because – you know, New Japan, you know, starting to get their foothold. You know, once COVID is done, they want to, you know, they, they want to do more shows. They want to be able to do all this stuff. They had this big Madison Square Garden show planned. Uh, and, I mean, there's that's something to say about these, you know, the change in, in the regime, right, with Harold Mage, you know, leaving uh, his position as president, CEO, and current uh, CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling of America taking over, um, it, it, you know, with Takami Obari. Uh, that that's a huge thing. But at the same time, you know, what does that exactly mean for New Japan Pro Wrestling of America? It, I mean, is he going to be in charge of both brands, or are they going to bring somebody else in, or you know? It, there's a lot of question marks still out there, maybe, or maybe I just did. I, I don't know what that is, and maybe it is out there. But yeah, I think if it makes sense, they 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 there's definitely the opportunity for them to, to team up. 
It's just a matter well, it of makes, what the elite, I mean, New Japan wants to do. It definitely makes sense. I mean, look at the relationship they've got right now with the NWA. You had Thunder Rosa, the NWA women's champion uh, on AEW. So, you know, going against uh, their women's champion. So that talent exchange with other brands, AEW's kind of like their everybody's free, so to speak, to kind of go and do what they want to do. And they definitely brought in a bunch of people from NWA before Thunder Rosa who were under contract or had contracts or some kind of extensive working relationship with NWA. And now you have Thunder Rosa and NWA Women's Champion on the on the show, you know, setting up feuds for NWA. So New Japan would be smart. It'd be a great business venture to partner up with AEW to have some talent exchange so you could continue to incorporate your talent on American television and in turn have American eyes see your talent and want to watch your brand and your product once you kind of get everything on um, New Japan America kind of going and flowing so that would be smart business on everybody's end if they make that happen. Yeah, definitely. I think, man, uh, it's still, you know, it's AEW has the resources, and it's just a matter of what they want to do, what direction they want to go. Um, would that take away from the younger talent in AEW? I mean, you bring some people from, I mean, and and maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But it's. I like it the way it is. I think if they just continue to stop bringing former WWE superstars and just focus on the talent and build their talent, then I think that there's better opportunities there. If they stop the WCW uh, path, yes. But also, again, it's okay to do business when business makes sense for a, a talent exchange in Japan. Imagine uh, it might never happen, but imagine sending a sunny kiss over to Japan to compete in the best of the super juniors. Like, first of all, that'd be unheard of, you know, to send somebody um, who's representing the LGBTQ community over to Japan and watch him match up against some of these people. That would be tremendous. If it happens, oh my God, history. But you may not have that happen over in Japan, but you can definitely have it happen here in America. And to just kind of, again, see those different matchups that you would literally never see any place in the world, that'd be good business for both both companies. Yeah. Now, do people want to see it? I mean, I definitely do think that the fans would love it. And I think it would bring a lot of fun, exciting matchups. So definitely not against it. Um, but like, like I said, there's nothing set in stone. No plans have been announced to the public, but it's the speculation and the hopes and the wishes of fans to, like you said, bring a lot of new and exciting matchups, uh, you know, possible big things of talent exchange, um, you know, a lot of opportunities for a lot of different talent, um, if it were to happen, but it's just, you know the the recent armchair uh, armchair booking right now is just people people go brains going crazy about who could be facing who and what what positions they could be holding. 
you know, because we saw the working relationship with Ring of Honor in New Japan and what that did for Ring of Honor for a while was sending so much New Japan talent over, but also ultimately what it did for New Japan, helping expose them to the West and gained a lot of fans. Um, you know, the, I don't think the Bullet Club would be nearly as successful had they not had their time with Ring of Honor, or at least as popular in the United States, had they not had that time with Ring of Honor. Um, and, you know, seeing Shinsuke Nakamura in the United States before he signed with NXT, I don't think that he might not have even got signed to NXT because WWE wasn't sure, you know, may not have been sure how his his charisma and stuff would translate to American audiences, but seeing how the, how the wrestlers translated to, you know, to the audience here in the United States, I think helped certain people get signed, possibly even Kushida as well. Um, you know, if we want to talk about somebody who's, who's just now making a big impact in NXT. Um, but it, uh, you know, it could be great for, for everybody involved, at least for, for the time of the working relationship. But as we've seen with, Ring of Honor, once New Japan kind of separated from them, Ring of Honor's viewership seemed to kind of drop off some. Um, and Ring of Honor kind of seemed to float around aimlessly for a little while. So hopefully it doesn't happen that way between the two teams. But, um, you know, it's and if it is there, I think the fans, are, of course, are going to be the real winners for a while. Yeah. Um, well, let me tell you who a real winner was not. And uh, that was, well, Eric. Because even though he's not here, you know, uh, I, I will say he was totally wrong when it came to his uh, his predictions for NXT TakeOver. Yeah. Triple X yeah, he was, one. I, if I remember correctly, I think he's – he picked pretty much wrong for every single match, if I remember correctly. Almost. I, I, I don't think uh, he picked I, – I, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but him picking – I don't think he picked Dream over, yeah. over Kushida. Or, or Scott, but uh, yeah. So, man, NXT TakeOver 31 was one heck of a show. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it tremendously. Oh. You know, we, we got five simple matches, real easy to watch. Uh, and uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Damien Priest defeats Johnny Gargano uh, to retain the North American Championship. Yeah, I I think – I don't know if I remember picking Priest just – but I – I do remember thinking that it it may not have been Johnny's time to get the championship and do all that. So I think I might have picked Priest. I'm not really a big fan of Priest, but I think that they may have a little bit more planned for his reign. Um, possibly Cameron Grimes maybe next in line. Um, as Cameron Grimes is you know talking about going to the moon, etc., and being kind of crazy hillbilly um, that he is, but. Um, I mean, it was a fun match. It definitely had a fair amount of time, um, but I'm still just I'm still just not really a fan of Damian Priest. He, the guy doesn't do much for me. Yeah, that, that definitely doesn't do a lot for many people. Wow, the Archer of Infamy doesn't have you feeling some kind of way, huh? Okay. I don't even I don't know what that means. <laughs> he. 
He's an infamous archer. He hits the mark each and every time he goes out there in the ring. Don't make me like do this. I don't want to do this. I I, I I don't like the Damian Priest character. I, I like. Uh, He's a king size Chris I, Angel. Okay, we went over this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm done. Okay, go ahead. Continue. I got nothing. Um, yeah, uh, good good match. Uh, had me thinking Johnny was gonna win there for a while, but at the end, uh, Damian Priest got the win. Kashila defeated. Velvety Dream. Um, okay, saw that one coming. I didn't think this was, this feud was going to continue, but as we saw on this week's NXT, uh, Velvety Dream, it, you know, interferes in Kushida versus Chiampa. But yeah, um, much is good. It was a good amount, and basically Kushida on top. Looking as good as only Kushida can. Well, the big thing, of course, is Kushida then, you know, breaking Velveteen Dream's arm. And whether that is, you know, considered a heel turn for Kushida, um, you know, and then challenging Tommaso Ciampa and trying to injure him as well, you know, are, are they trying to push Kushida as, as a villain now? And um, and if so, what does that do to him? Now, a lot of people, a lot of the jokes running on Twitter is that breaking the arm of a you know of a possible pedophile is not a bad thing, and that doesn't make him a villain. He just damaged the arm that he was using to text underage kids. So, um, oh. so Kushida is isn't really a villain for for injuring a possible pedophile. That makes him a hero, but then he goes on and attacks Champa, and it's a different story. But um, I, you know, he's vicious is the word they keep using for 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 Kushida, um, and I guess it's it's the frustration of being kind of overlooked and passed over, and he was brought in, you know, in in theory as a big signing, as a big deal, and you know, like a lot of stars coming over, especially international stars that come over. They reach a lot of frustration in NXT. Um, you know, it's it's a big transition, not just not just the wrestling and the wrestling style, but now you're living in America. And maybe if you have a family, your family's living in America. So it's a big transition. It's a whole lot going on in your life at the same time. And sometimes that can be a stiff adjustment and your career kind of doesn't blast off like you wanted it to right from the gate. And that can lead to more frustration. And, you know, we might be seeing some of that in Kushida. I mean, we saw it with, with Hideo Itami. You know, he came in and, and he, he didn't really connect as well as he had hoped. And then he's having difficulty connecting. And, and then he gets injured. And then he comes back. And then he gets injured again. And he goes to 205 Live. And after he's on the road for a while, he decides that it's really not for him. And he's just not getting anywhere where he wanted. And, and, you know, then Hideo Itami dies and Kenta becomes reborn and in, in New Japan. But, um, you know, this could be the culmination of Kushida's frustration possibly with his career as well as his, his life adjusting to the United States coming out um, in this more vicious side. Well, I'm all for a more vicious uh, Kushida. 
break his arms and his legs. That's what I'm saying. His being Velveteen, right. you, you let's yeah. be clear, not not Tommaso. You can break Velveteen all day and send him away. Yes, we're all mm-hmm. agree. Yeah, breaky breaky. Um, what's next? Uh, Santos Escobar defeats uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott to retain the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, and yep, uh. Legal again. Once again, they leave the winners. Uh, this was a, a, a great match. Um, I felt well, I feel like expected. it was all there. Now yeah. it, it was almost my match of the night, uh, but this is close to. It. I feel like maybe uh, they were just a few moments that they didn't click. But for the most part, it, it was great. The storyline was, the telling was great. Uh, it's just an overall uh, great match. And I really love Escobar and, you know, Swerve. You know, we all know he's great, but him coming in, you know, may, maybe sort of out of nowhere to rise to, to, to the stage. Uh, you know, not surprising, but maybe unexpected but great to see and yeah everything about this was uh was el dinero uh and yeah super fun match to watch yeah i mean a great cruiserweight match between you know two veterans who've spent their time in a lot of different places um yeah i mean i'm a little surprised to see swerve getting into the big spot but we know how good he is and we know what he can do in the ring We've seen it firsthand, um, you know, as, as he was in Atlanta many times a few several years ago. Um, so, you know, Swerve did seem like somebody who was just kind of floating around on 205 Live, and now he's a top contender, um, you know, be, and we know how good the match quality was going to be. Um, Escobar, of course, has his, his men with him, and that, you know, of course – makes it a little bit harder for for Swerve and Swerve unfortunately does not get the win um but Legado del Fantasma continues their dominance over the Cruiserweight division um interesting to see if if Wild and Mendoza can can keep chasing those tag belts and uh possibly bring more gold to the click Yeah Mika now we haven't talked to you since the unveiling unveiling of El Legado del Fantasma, um, and of course the unmasking of Santos Escobar. Uh, what what do you think about this whole thing? This new group and and the look and everything they've been able to do in the last uh, few months. It was. I think at first I was like, eh, but it kind of kicked up a notch. I mean. Um, when you have a faction as good as they are collectively in the ring, um, I mean, individually in the ring, and you put them together, you I feel that uh, you take away from one or maybe two of them. But they've been able to collectively kind of go out there and show what they can do, and it does not take away from any of them as individuals. So um, 
good clicks are hard to find and uh, this is a good click and it's not hard to find them they're out here showing up and improving themselves each and every time they step into the ring yeah uh, I, I really love it uh, I'm so glad that this is what that whole uh, what was it the, the whole gimmick about the kidnappers and everything turned into this because I have no clue where that was heading uh, but it yeah, seen... it could have it, it gone a lot of weird places, but it thankfully went to uh, went to somewhere good over the over the long run. Yeah, yeah for sure. Could have saw somebody birth a hand or something. So yeah, we're 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 happy with this. Yeah, um, the women's match it, and a lot of post match stuff for this one. Irshai. Defeats Candice LeRae, no doubt about it. Another great showing for the women here. Um, EO, uh, top-level stuff once again. Uh, and, yeah, she defeats Candice. Uh, even with the help of uh, Mr. Gargano here, uh, she, you know, there was no stopping uh, EO as she did what she had to do and, you know, retain her championship. I mean, all like you said, another great showing by the women's division of NXT. Um, both great competitors. You know, the story was there, and John, like you said, Johnny tried to interfere as well, but EO was just too much for Candice and gets the big victory. And then we have more. We have more, yes, indeed. First, somebody on the Tron, I guess that's a Tron, that, you know, on the well, screen. yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. As we find out that Tony Storm is coming back to NXT. Well, I mean, she didn't leave NXT. She was just uh, out on COVID hiatus. Yeah, Uh, stuck stuck in the UK. (laughs) But now she's back. And then that's the final reveal. We get the reveal of all reveals. We had guessed so many names uh, as far as who would be the superstar that was returning to the brand. And you, this is the one name that I would have never guessed as coming out in a cool bike out of nowhere. Amber Moon, she is healed. Let's remember, at one point we were talking career retirement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's original injury, and I mean, it's the injury that retired Super Dragon. You know, so we were talking that maybe she wasn't going to come back, and she was saying in interviews she had no idea when she'd be back, and I guess she's pulling the playing with the, the cards a little close to her chest there, but she comes out looking like Tina Turner from the, uh, from beyond <laughs> Mad, Max. You know, Mad Max, the Thunderdome. Um, she comes to the NXT Thunderdome instead. And, you know, Io Shirai stands atop the division, but now has two strong people looking to want to be in the championship mix. You know, former champion Ember Moon and former NXT UK women's champion Tony Storm. Both, of course, which uh, teamed up in action uh, this past Wednesday, um, taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Diaz successfully. 
uh, you know, we're, we're, we defeated those two in tag team action. So, yeah, they're looking good. They're looking great. And well, that was well, that was Rhea and so, Ember. That wasn't Tony Storm and Ember. Oh yeah, sorry. We haven't seen Tony, Tony yeah. Storm yet. Rhea, yeah, my bad. Wow. It was Rhea Ripley. I, I, I wow. get the bridge confused. All right. Come down. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, but the point is, Ember looked great. Um, and so happy because would have sucked to see her. I mean, she. I think she had a very good run on NXT. The problem with her run is she was overshadowed by the fact that Oscar was there. Yeah, she <laughs> she was kind of there right the, amid the Oscar dominance, and then afterwards, so, once Oscar left, she was kind of seen as. Well, you didn't beat Oscar for the title. You were just kind of second place and handed the belt. Right. So yeah, it yeah, it, it just didn't feel like special. But I think now, yeah. Look, it's not a demotion. Look at what happened with Balor, right? And I think yeah, we're we're, we're coming back to a you know, Triple H's dream for uh, NXT to become an equal brand. And I think that we're, we're getting there. Um, now on to our main event. Main event. Finn Balor defeats Kyle O'Reilly 28 minutes. Why couldn't we have made this a 60-minute match? I don't know. They um, wouldn't have survived. To say it was hard-hitting was an understatement. Finn Balor had a fracture, has a crack in his jawbone. Um. Kyle O'Reilly suffered a possible concussion. The rumor is that Finn Bauer actually ended the match early because of his own injury and possible fear of Kyle's concussion. That he actually cut an ending sequence of the match and went to the finish early. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Those two nearly, I mean, it felt like they were killing each other. My gosh, this was by far my match of the night. This, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic match. There, nothing wrong about it. Even, you know, I, I know I'm not a big fan of all the slow moments and stuff like that, but in this match, everything flowed so good. Well, they took it back. You know, both guys have wrestled in Japan. Of course, you know, Fergal Devitt being getting his uh, career in Japan, basically, um, prior to signing with NXT. So they kind of took it back to a Japanese style a little bit, especially as as hard as they were hitting each other. They definitely took it to strong style. Um, it was just really, really fun. And like you said, it was. I wished it could have gone on longer, but I, I don't know if they would have survived. You want to talk about indie riffing? Like you, you mentioned them doing like bringing it back to Japan. This is one of those indie riffing matches where. I literally forgot that I was watching WWE programming, <laughs> and this could have been a match that they had at any like super indie promotion um, before they got signed. And it was crazy. It was good. It was bad because, God, the hits they hurt me. I wasn't there. Nobody was live. You know, there were no audience members really there. But these boys hit so hard, you could feel it through your TV. That's no exaggeration. That's how hard they were going. It was ridiculous. It was great. And um, you battle, battle tested, battle scarred. They definitely, they didn't need a cage. They didn't need a, a freaking hell in a cell to say, 
your career is changing. You'll never be the same. They are not the same after this match right here. And, and that's crazy. That's the kind of excitement, the kind of drama, the kind of uh, action that NXT brings. So for anybody who did not watch, stop what you're doing. Well, finish listening to us. But afterwards, go watch this takeover. If nothing else, watch this match. Absolutely. I mean, fantastic. Uh Great match. I mean, I, we, we could just talk about everything, uh, but, man, the hard hands. Yeah, I mean, old, old school uh, in Japan, these two guys, I mean, they, they know each other. Uh, you know, they they definitely have the chemistry. And, you know, for anybody who doesn't know Kyle O'Reilly, right, uh, you know, all the WWE fans who, who, who did not, you know, see O'Reilly uh, in the – you know, in the Indies, anybody who think or, or anybody who just think, you know, if he see him as a red, a part of Red Dragon, who just think he's just a tag team specialist. No, uh, I think he proved uh, without a shadow of a doubt what many of us already knew is that he is a star caliber wrestler and one that definitely deserved that spot. And this will be the last time. In, in no way, shape, or form. But post match, yeah, post match got a little weird. Yeah, we, we get we get Not some crazy we stuff. At first, I was like, "Who is this guy?" Uh, but yeah, then then I looked, and he was Rich Holland, who came over with uh, Adam Cole. He was carrying Adam Cole, and apparently, he had beaten him up. Maybe. We assume knocked him unconscious. Um, I guess, yeah. Who knows? Uh, and then out come out the other two members of uh, of um, on the Spear Air, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. As Rich Holland just walks away, and everybody's like, "What's going on?" And then everybody's like, "Did you know about this? Did you know about this?" Like, like nobody knew about anything. We didn't know, and. Uh, Adam Cole beat up. Now, what sucks is Rich Holland wrestled Martin uh, Martin Birch, uh, Danny Birch, uh, this Wednesday on on NXT, and post match got injured, and Holland is now out. He had surgery today. Wow. So they set up this whole angle, and then he ends up getting injured, and we don't get the payoff for quite some time. No. no. I, the, 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 they, he had to go straight. He had to go to the hospital. It, it was definitely not pretty, I believe. Um, the, he had a surgery on his foot, on his ankle. He he dislocated his ankle and ruptured his patellar tendon. Okay. Uh, he also dislocated his knee, but they put that one back. Yeah, they were able to pop it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know. Uh, so yeah, and I saw the injury. It it definitely wasn't pretty. And then for anybody that. Uh, you know, would go back and uh, rewind it, or since like there's this piece where you, you lose slow mo, 
you can see like his foot bending in a way that feet just not supposed to bend, uh, and nice. his knee buckle. But you know, that that comes with you know inexperience, I guess. Well, it, yes, but also things but just happen. It's a happen. freak accident. Yeah, it's a freak yeah, accident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happened um, to Owen Hart too. You know, he just hopped off the second rope. Landed on his ankle wrong and, you know, messed up his leg pretty bad for a while. Had to be out for quite some time, I remember. Um, yeah, so it so, just, it, things happen. Sometimes maybe inexperience, but could just be, it's a thing. Sometimes you step wrong and you hurt yourself. The unlook of the draw. <laughs> uh, I'm giving the show, though, uh, A+. plus. Yeah, I definitely go. I would go B plus just because I had to watch Velveteen Dream um, and Dream <laughs> the Priest. So um, you're right. You're right. I, I'm just going with the name. <laughs> I, I take that plus away. Yeah. Damn, Dream and Priest bringing down the the, the curve. Yeah, because just uh, yep, yep. I, I'm gonna go A because even with those two in it. Um, Valor and O'Reilly make me forget about all the other bad stuff that could have possibly happened in that show. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it was a great show. But yeah, the question is, what do you do? How do you follow up this? You know, you, you set up this huge thing. Uh, with Rich Holland, and now he is gone. He's gone, and he—it's not even something you could that happened in training that you can say, you know, set up a thing that says that the the undisputed era injured him in training. You know, like it was it was in the ring, so it's it was in front of a live crowd, so you can't say that it happened in yeah. the other than the way it did happen. So it's just an unfortunate thing, but um. That's unfortunately, like I said, that's the way it goes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, that's what happens when you miss with the other spirit era, you know. I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. maybe so. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been hearing rumors about the other spirit era breaking up uh, and splitting, uh, splitting uh, O'Reilly and Cole from uh, Fish and Strong. That's a uh, bad idea. Which th- this could be? It's not even a the good, good pairing way, right? to split. You're gonna bring back Future Shock of all of everything you're gonna do out of that that group of four. Future Shock's the one you're gonna bring back. Well, it's, what can I say? Um, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that these rumors are just uh, false. Just these rumors. rumors. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Hope that's the rumors. That's just rumors. L-, L rumors, of course. Um, yeah. So, but in the meantime, meanwhile, uh, some good news is while some people are out, some people are going to be in, as uh, the Lee uh, may announced the new class of recruits. Uh, that have checked in and are now uh, on the uh, performance center. Uh, oh, by the way, before we talk about the performance center, that performance center, the, the, the CWC 
Capital Wrestling Center. Uh, Triple H just said we were going to see something different, and we did. We saw the, the renaming uh, of the PC Arena, uh, and it became the Capital Wrestling Center. Of course, um, that goes back to, uh, I believe, uh, Jesse McMahon, uh, who used to be a boxing wrestling promoter and under Capital Wrestling. So they they pay homage to the past uh, with a new look for the future and also the you know the brand new set and look and everything make make the show look more uh, more polished more WWE than um, than it did before. But what do you guys think yeah. about the CWC here? I uh, they basically just added the screens and added some tubes and stuff. I mean, it's it definitely looks more like a television studio than than a sports arena. Yeah. Definitely nice and it, it's good that they gave it a different name, you know, it's just uh all right, let's make it something else, something special and the new home of NXT possibly. They probably you know, they were forced to have to have shows and they probably figure out, hey, Maybe we don't have to pay full sale to use their place. Maybe we can use our own place, and then they can just come here, you know, or just whatever was going on with full sales. Like maybe they don't need full sale anymore. They they show that hey, we we can do it here. We have all these slides, anyways. We have all these resources they they had from having Raw and SmackDown. Uh, of course, Matt, those two will continue the Thunderdome for the remaining of the, of the month of October. But, yeah, nice look. Nice new look. Like it. But, all right, back to the new class, uh, the recruits. Uh, Anthony Green, uh, who uh, came from Evolve, uh, it was an air. Uh, one person who we've already seen wrestle on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live, uh, Leon Ruff, uh, is it, uh, now rough. officially rough, rough. Uh, part of it. Of rough, course, rough. we've seen him here. Uh, he's an Atlanta local, uh, WWA4 student. Uh, uh, Joe Gacy, former CCW champion. And uh, also an Evolve Tag Team Champion, uh, also now part of uh, WWE. Uh, if you ever need to revive ECW, you got they your, got a guy. You got your main they, guy. They got, <laughs> yeah, they you, definitely got, you, got, you got your first champion, yeah. Yeah, he could definitely take things to the extreme. I uh, love that. Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Briggs, uh, guy we've seen. Live, a guy who's uh, definitely been around and, and has done a lot of great stuff in independence. Great look, great athlete. Uh, yeah, he signed, uh, of course, spent a lot of time in Evolve as well, uh, a former Evolve champion. Uh, and uh, Evolve, former Evolve re uh, referee Jake Clemens, uh, and also a former. All American 
wrestler, collegiate wrestler, Jacob Casper. Um, but is he an All-American American? Is he an All-American American? I don't know. American. We'll see if they put him in red, white, blue. I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the favorite, my favorite, and I think, uh, well, no, sorry, not my, that's before we do that one. Also, Brandy Lauren. Um, I thought you were going to say Brandy Lauren was your favorite. I was like, wow. I was going to be like, really? No. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't no, realize no. you liked such bad wrestlers. Goodness. No. Uh, <laughs> Brandy Lauren, of course, uh, as seen on Evolve and uh, on Shine. Uh, and first, NXT uh, Hot Tub. Yeah, also known as the <laughs> girlfriend of the bad boy, uh, Joey Janela. Uh, wow. We, we know we will see her on spring break because she'll be – uh, working hard on the PC, uh, so yeah, Brendan Lurs that, and of course, this is my favorite, one of my favorite people in the whole world, uh, it, it, the true road warrior of professional wrestling. Um, Kurt Stallions is now uh, a member of the WWE, uh, signed this summer, and now part of the new class at the PC. Um, we need things for coming once he deleted his entire Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's usually a sign. You either did something wrong or you got a contract somewhere. Um, so, <sighs> and uh, great guy. Uh, you know, had many conversations with seeing him wrestle in so many places. Um, yeah. So I couldn't be happier. Uh, for a guy, you know, I know it's cliche, but I would like to say, oh, you know, nobody deserves him more than this guy. But, you know, we know that many times he has driven across the country from one state to another to another uh, in his car that would break down every other day. But he would still make every single show, no matter what, and uh, put out great performances keep us entertained, always down to earth, always talking to fans. Uh, so, yeah, and now he's living his dream. Those uh, participant of uh, the New Japan Dojo here in the U.S. as well um, may have done something with RH, I don't know, but here he is living the dream, uh, now a uh, soon-to-be WWE superstar. Happy for all yeah. those guys, but especially uh, Ruff and Stallion. Um, these two, they've worked their butts off in, in different ways. You talked about Stallion literally in his car driving cross-country um, from Texas to various parts of the United States for, for bookings. Crazy, crazy drive and just crazy drive in and out of the ring. Um, Leon, um, Leon's not your, your stereotypical or atypical wrestler. Um, where people asked him to change himself, he's done it his way, and he's worked his butt off and, and done all the things that you need to do and stayed true to who he is. And here he is now um, about to be a WWE superstar. So I can't be more happier for those two guys. Yeah, it's an interesting group um, of people, but a good mix, you know, from Leon Ruff, who's, is a little bit smaller, but is amazingly agile to the drive and determination of Kurt Stallion, to the size and the power of Briggs, to the um, the hardcore 
you know, and ultra violent aspects of Joe Gacy. Um, a very good mix of people. I think it's an interesting class to sign up at one time. But uh, best of luck to all of them. They say anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, and these guys being signed, uh, definitely a great thing I think kind of proves that. Well, it proves that anything can happen, I think, because, you know, a lot of these guys five years ago wouldn't have gotten a second look. But right. here they are all all now getting getting the big opportunity and, and getting signed to that contract. Yeah. And I think uh, one guy that may, many people may be less familiar uh, with Anthony Green, I think he's definitely a guy who, uh, from what I've seen, uh, really entertaining. And somebody, uh, I think he's like in his mid-20s, so he's still so young, but uh, can definitely uh, do the thing in the ring, but at the same time, bring the entertainment factor and could he be very good at some type of comedic gimmick? Yes. Uh, but I think that as long as he's putting the right one, it can last a long time. You know, sometimes comedy gimmicks don't last long. But I tell you, with this guy, if you get him the right one, you could see him have longevity in, 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 in his role. But, uh, yeah, awesome class. Uh, so happy for... Uh, these guys uh, and couldn't be happier for Kurt. Uh, and, you know, of course, uh, I would really say, man, if uh, seeing uh, uh, Riddle and Stallion together teaming up, uh, uh, you know, well, might, might be a cool thing to see. Name, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's. Uh, that that's you know that's gonna be something because uh, Matt Matt Riddle seems to uh, keep his names in the news. You don't say. Uh, yeah. So you know the whole debacle with the not, well, this was the debacle. Let me rephrase. Uh, once the uh. Oh, what was it? not the Me Too movement? The uh, what was it called again? Speaking out, speaking out speaking movement. Out. I, I knew it was close to that. Uh, speaking out movement came out. He his name got brought out by Candy Cartwright. Is that her name? That's her wrestling yes, name. Yes, that's her name. All right. Uh, and you know there was a lot of you know you know no refusals. Uh, not refusals. Um, my words in American and networking today. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of he said, she said. There was legal stuff that came up. There was Riddle's wife uh, putting out some stuff. There was Cartwright putting out text. And there's a, it was messy. It was very, very messy. Well, it just got messier because Candy Cartwright has filed a civil lawsuit against. Matt Riddle, Gabe Sapolsky, and Evolve Wrestling. Mm. Which you're okay. You're you're filing suit against two former wrestlers, but you're also I mean not two two WWE employees, but Evolve Wrestling is not owned by WWE, which means you sue Evolve, you're suing the WWE. 
a total of $30 million. Uh, she's suing each defendant for $10 million, so that brings Goodness. up to $30. Um, yes. Interesting. Interesting to say the least. Um, if you, I'm, I'm well versed in this one, um, and I, I believe what, well, in the the speaking out part before this lawsuit came about. But what I'm believing that the lawsuit is going to lean on is defamation of character and enabling um, or unsafe working conditions and what have you, because Candy was working with Evolve at the same time Riddle was and. All types of loveliness there, but um, basically when the Speaking Out movement came about and Candy shared her story um, and Riddle's um, rebuttal and just things kind of going south from there, um, it, it took a, a toll on Candy emotionally and the fact that, you know, her truth is her truth and that Riddle refuted it, his wife refuted it until Candy came with uh, <laughs> screenshots yeah, and conversations and what have you. Yeah. Refuted. Yeah. Um, screenshots of conversations and what have you that, you know, proved what she was saying, um, you know, her her portion of some of the things that happened actually did happen. And conversations were actually had. So um, the fact that the WWE started um, incorporating before its lawsuits some of this real life drama into storyline was just so stupid. And now here we go with uh, uh, actual lawsuit happening. I I see a settlement coming. I see this not making it um, to trial um, just because the WWE is going to want to make sure that they shut this down as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to want to shut it down to, to hopefully the major news media organizations don't pick it up. Right. We've got enough COVID in the world right now where we're not having slow story days, but somebody's going to, you know, pick this up and run with it if it stays lingering out there for a while. If this does yeah. not get settled and it's not going to WWE stock is already kind of seesawing right now. Um, I, I know because I watch it. Uh, it's been down uh, more than it's been up in recent months and days. So they definitely don't want this to kind of hit that stock line and um, have it plummet even more than it already has. Yeah, it's crazy. But at the same time, you are fighting a machine that, that will definitely fight, has the resources. We, we have seen Vince men fight. I mean, and I'm not demeaning or minimizing Candy Cartwright and what she's trying to do because like you said Mika, her truth is her truth um, and you know, nobody can tell her otherwise you know, unless there's proof you know, it's you have to give her that benefit of doubt uh, you know, now Riddle has come out and said, yes we had an affair, it was everything was consensual but you know, I think that the, the definition of consensual really has taken a you know a much different place in this world. I mean, what what consensual is to one person is not consensual to another person, and and there's all you know, and what it what may be okay in wrestling, you know, 
we I think we find out this year is definitely not okay. Um, but yeah, that, that really is very good uh, about nipping things in the butt and settling things out of court and zipping everything down and moving on. Uh, yeah, especially not with stock uh, being affected. Um, you know, but they have, according to the league, they have not been served with any lawsuit. Uh, but they're, they're ready to fight it if they are. Um, and Gabe claims that he hasn't gotten anything either. So we'll, yeah, we'll see where this goes. This thing is in the court of public opinion. It, it yeah. may not be, yes, WWE will fight you, fight you, fight you in a court of law. But right now, the court of public opinion, especially the the way the Speaking Out movement um, kind of came about, the way that a lot of this came to light, and a lot of people have similar stories, the court of public opinion is going to be the downfall. They might win a court case, but the court of public opinion will in them. They cannot mm-hmm. afford for advertisers and sponsors to have people attack those advertisers and sponsors based on this mm-hmm. lawsuit. Yeah, well we'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean we everybody knows literally owns Evolve, so it's uh you know it's I do find it uh not suspicious, uh but I do find that uh I, I do I do find it a little bit weird that Evolve was found lawsuit, not its parent company. But again, but that's, that's, I guess that's where it all happened. That's where yeah. that's where the setting for all this stuff was. Yeah, but let's say Evolve it wasn't owned by, but it wasn't owned by WWE at the time, though. That's right. the thing. So I think that's probably that, why the lawsuit. Nothing about a library, evolved. right? So, but if there's no Evolve to sue. As yeah, well, then I, it's sued by whoever owns Evolved, then. Yeah, but uh, we, sh- we shall see. Uh, all right, uh, and of course, literally, let's go ahead. Uh, as we're talking about Lee, they did announce that they are going to have a draft. Um, and it will begin this Friday on SmackDown and uh, continue on Monday uh, on Raw. And the rules are similar to last year. Um, Rob gets three picks for every two picks that uh, that SmackDown has because they have an extra hour of TV, so they need more talent. Uh, this is uh, o- over 60 wrestlers, um, and tag teams can be picked as one pick if that's what they decide to go with. Uh, otherwise, you know, teams can be broken up. Anybody not picked is a free agent that can, quote-unquote, sign uh, with, you know, any of the two brands. Um, lot, lots of names here from SmackDown. Of course, the who's who. Uh, I'm sorry. Let, let me rephrase that. Here's the, here's the pool available for, uh, for on SmackDown for the draft. Um, not SmackDown only, but that will be had in SmackDown. Uh, Oscar, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, Umberto Carrillo, Elias. Totally forgot about Elias. Angel Garza, who is apparently injured. Uh, Drew Gulak, Heavy Machinery, 
It's a hurt business, man. You can get the hurt business only one pick. Mm. Top five, top three pick right there, I think. Mickey James, Lucha House Party, Drew McIntyre Murphy, the Mysterios. Apparently, they're coming as a team. As a, as a package deal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, New Day, uh, Roman Reigns, Ricochet, Seth Rollins, uh, Mandy Rose, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, Shorty G, AJ Styles, and Jay Uso. Of course, uh, Jimmy still injured, so he's not part of this draft. Um, yeah, very, very good. There are names available for to be drafted on Friday night. Uh, whoever gets the first pick, uh, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, uh, I got to think the smart – I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre, but, I mean, you're drafting the Tribal Chief. Yeah. Well, I have a question about the Mysterios. Do we get the whole family as Aaliyah included? Do we get the wife too? I mean, what's that about? I think well, Aaliyah comes well, with – Aaliyah follows yes. behind Murphy, okay? Yeah, well, if you sign okay. Murphy, Aaliyah follows follows him wherever he goes. So she's gonna follow they're him. not signed. They're just uh, they're uh, they're the plus ones for there uh, you go. Ray and Dominic. So okay. you know they got them backstage passes from them. They're yeah, they're guests, so. they get the brother uh, brother in. <laughs> just a curiosity, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, First pick, you think it's going to be the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, not the Hurt Business? Because you you mentioned the Hurt Business is, you said top three. I'd go number one. If they're all together, if you can get all of them as one pick, get uh, MVP, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander, get all four for the price of one, uh, that's a bargain I'd be willing to take. Yeah. Um Definitely, they. I mean, you got Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, the Hurt Business, uh, AJ Styles, Oscar. Who's your first pick? Oscar. Oscar's always my first pick. I, you know, somehow I, I I knew you'd say that, but I mean, you know, he I didn't think about it. It it it, no. it flowed just Oscar. <laughs> yeah. It's like as soon as he heard the words, it's like, you know, yep. music to his ears. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anyway. And then that, uh, on Tuesday, I mean, Tuesday, did I say Tuesday? I meant Monday. Available to be drafted on Monday Andrade, Bailey, Alistair Black, Alexa Bliss, Daniel Bryan, Carmella, the newly uh, repackaged Carmella. Uh, Kim Corbin, Apollo Cruz, Nikki Cross, uh, Dabakato. Is Dabakato? Is that the guy who wrestled in the greatest uh, Royal Rumble ever and won it? No, that's, no, 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 that's... no, that's a different guy. This is the guy that when uh, that, that got beat up by Strowman, right? And and Raw Underground. Yeah, yeah, that's the Raw Underground guy. Okay. Right. Not beat up. Not uh, beat up by Strowman, but yeah, the big, the big, the big boy. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Eric of the Viking Raiders, because uh, Igor is uh, Ivar. Ivar sounded the same. It's uh, uh, currently uh, recuperating from surgery. Lacey Evans forgot about her. Charlotte Flair, Jeff Hardy, Billy Kay, Lana, 
Keith Lee, Miz and Morrison, Reddick Moss, he signed? Natalia, Titus O'Neill, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, R Truth, Retribution. That's Mustafa Why? Ali, Kibar, okay. Mace, Slapjack, The Reckoning, no, not The Reckoning, Reckoning oh. and Retaliation. Matt Here's Riddle. the question, though. Why would you want to sign them? Their, their, their whole goal is destroy WWE. Why would you they, want to sign them to your brand? Oh, yeah. I know, but why would you yeah. want to draft them? We'll find out. Uh, Matt Riddle, <laughs> The Riot Squad, Peyton Royce, Arturo Ruas. I guess, when did Arturo Ruas move up to the main roster? Apparently for the draft. I didn't realize. Uh, right. Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, the Street Profits, Braun Strowman, Tamina, Akira Tosawa, Selena Vega, Bray Wyatt, and Sami Zayn. Uh, the big, biggest names here right now, uh, The Fiend, uh, Braun, Retribution, uh, in, my, in my mind, uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, who goes first? Keith Lee, gosh. Randy Orton, the greatest wrestler ever, and then was beaten by Keith Lee. Yeah. Oh, oh. So what does that make Keith Lee? Limitless. The man be the greatest wrestler ever. <laughs> okay, fine. You know what? I, I build a brand around Keith Lee. Go ahead, number one. Yeah. I'll give it to him. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I I make my first big retribution because uh, if they're it, that way, they don't retribute on my company, and they you know, <laughs> because there I picked them first. You know, it's like, hey, I, you were my first big retribution. Please do not retribute against me. Uh, uh, still don't know I don't what think... they're retributing about. Uh, but yeah. Now, okay, let's talk about retribution. Uh, yes, first of all, please. there are two more members because there were a total of seven, no, eight people in that ring for that big spotlight, uh, you know, shot there with. So there's two still yet to be revealed members of the retribution. Uh, but what was revealed was. The leader of retribution. Now, see, I know Ali has a lot to retribute about, but man, retribution's leader Mustafa Ali. The light is gone dark. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a a wild thing, and I get he he has his frustrations, but I still think it's a bad move to turn him heel. Um, just because I enjoyed him so much, I think it's an underdog baby face. I think he's so good in that role, but, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's a weird move, but you know, to say that he was all along the, uh, the hacker, he apparently was the raw hacker and retribution is, was formed a little bit later. Um, as, as something like that, I think it's wild, but it's uh, maybe we'll get bigger understandings oh, down the line. That's Joaquin, but yeah, sure. What now? You said that was wild. As wild. Okay, there you go. Bunch. Um. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So it just seems it just seems like an unusual move, but 
maybe we'll get a bigger understanding of of why and and how it works and everything a little bit later. Mika, does this make sense to you? Can you make sense of Ali deciding that he wants to retribute against? He the wants to destroy WWE. the WWE, bring the whole organization down. That's what they've always said. Uh, I think it's punishment, personally, uh, because of his his beliefs. They needed to get people away from liking him, and this is how they do it because retribution is not that cool heel stable. Um, they well, they're cool now. Kind of, well, they weren't before, and I think this was just to like, hey, they're not cool. Throw him in there with them. Um, plus, they had nothing else for him to do. Um, it makes sense from a, uh, I guess, if you want to do storyline standpoint, where you've got this crazy talented guy, he's done all these crazy great things in and out of the ring, and not be appreciated for it, to not get any, um, any acclaim for it. Um, and so now, you know what? If you don't respect me, if you don't give me anything, I'll take it. Uh, I'll, I'll take it by any means necessary. So. The story is there. I think uh, Ali's just kind of not the person I wanted to see do such such deeds, I guess. But we'll see Who how it goes. Have Maybe picked? they'll as the leader of Retribution. Uh, yeah. There were there were many rumors, um, and one of the rumors was, of course, CM Punk. Punk's never had a group outside of the. Uh, the, he had the straight edge society. He had the new nexus. This, this, whoa, whoa, okay, straight edge society. Straight straight edge society. He, and was, he had the new nexus. The new yeah. nexus was a, a joke. Like it, but it, it was, was a group. It, but it was a group led by CM Punk. Hold on, I wasn't finished with the thought. He hasn't had a group. <laughs> wow, thanks. He hasn't had a group that really has made a huge impact where you saw him kind of behind the scenes, not in the ring, pulling the string, so to speak. So this would have been an opportunity for them to run a storyline where Punk's back. But again, who hates the WWE more than CM Punk? Somebody who they ruined his life, his career, his wedding, his this, his that. He has actual beef with the WWE on a, a personal and professional level. And he could use these young, talented people and to show that, you know what, I don't even have to destroy you. I've got people who are able to destroy you for the all the bad that you've done to me and all the bad you've done to them. And each individual story could come to light. How Mia Yim was in the um, women's, the Mae Young tournament, and you guys just overlooked her, overlooked her. Mercedes Martinez for 18 years overlooked her, overlooked her, finally, you know, giving her... The stories inside would write themselves, but with Punk at the head, it would have been more, I think, the puppet master, and here are the puppets, but the puppets aren't really puppets because they've got their own strings in hand as they go about causing destruction. That'd be me. That's what I, you know, hey. Well, just, uh, he did, you know, CM Punk did try to make an impact with the gathering before, um, but back in uh, TNA in those days, but I'm yes. talking about WWE. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He 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 could have done a lot of things. I mean, you know, uh, let's not forget that he was also part of the new breed, 
uh, stable. Uh, yeah, with, but she was uh, just talking about WWE. Yeah, I mean, and of course he was. was who was the new breed in WWE? I remember uh, the new him, breed of his group Starker, of FIP. Thorn, Ariel, all the new guys, Burke, and uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Monty Brown. Uh, what did they call them? Corn something. They weren't. They weren't like a group. They weren't. They weren't like a faction, though, were they? Yeah, I, I mean, it was. Um, you talking about the WWE CW? Uh, I, it was, I mean, it was because literally... Corvon didn't get onto the main roster. He only got into ECW. Yeah, probably because they were like. Anyways, they, they they called that like literally briefly. It was it, it didn't even, it was back in those seven. Just okay. uh, it, anyways, uh, yes, I would have loved to see Punk. Look, and let's never say never. I think look, uh, if if I if the rules are correct. He's already turned out AEW because he doesn't want to do the wrestle. But I think if he would do it, I think the opportunity is there for him to go back to the Fed. You know, as much as he has talked them and everything, he'll take I, I don't doubt. Yeah, I'm sure he'll go there anytime if, if it makes sense. But who knows what makes sense for. Uh, for uh, CM Punk, but yeah, look, similar to Cedric, where okay, you may be necessarily not in the right spe- spot, not getting over for some reason or another. I think uh, Ali is a great talent, he's a great wrestler, and yes, fans care about. I mean, dude is amazing with the fans uh, on the social, uh, you know, and everywhere else, but. I think that this is a way to really put him in the spotlight. And even if this man doesn't really want to do anything with him, the fact that he's now attached to this group is such a main important thing to Vince. It, it, it means it means good things. So for me, it's like, does it make sense? Maybe not. But it's, it's something that he can do and he can do well. And, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. And, you know, he and the rest of the new people are going to retribute about something. And whoever these two other people are, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I will, I will definitely enjoy it. I almost had to check myself, making sure I wasn't on mute. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, retribution led by Mustafa Ali. Love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, um it's it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird place we're in now, uh heading into uh is it hell in the cell now? Hell in a Cell is the next big event, yeah. I mean, after the draft, I think the draft they're treating as a big event because I heard that on Friday Night SmackDown, as part of the draft, we'll get Bailey versus Sasha Banks. So yeah. I assume that match is going to end in shenanigans of some kind, in a disqualification or something, double count out of some, you know, to where we get a Hell in a Cell. But um, right. that's where it seems Probably to be leading. Finish off everything, yeah. 
Yeah. I imagine so. Uh, but what we know we are getting for Hell in a Cell, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in a Hell in a Again. Cell match for the WWE Championship. And uh, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso in a Hell in a Cell match for the Universal Championship. Yeah. So that a couple big matches good. already, yeah. But I think nothing bigger than what we will see uh, with, uh, you know, because, yeah, that Bailey-Sasha match, the big, big match, it's, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the payoff. This whole year, these two have taken over. And, uh, yeah, they've time for them they've, to the whole division evolved around them for for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, interesting to see what what everything looks like. You know, we still have what four more years of these Fox and USA deals. Um, yeah, I think so. Lo- lots of money out there. Uh, Five billion dollars or something. I can't remember. It was an obscene amount of money. I mean. Give me some of that money. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but I'm all for it. I like the draft. Uh, I, I like when they change things up. Uh, and it's fun. Um, but man, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like, but they got to shake things up. You know, they continue to talk about. Uh, the, the thing I would be I wouldn't be surprised if we also see the uh, NXT get involved in this somehow. Uh, that they may see some people get moved uh, from uh, uh, from NXT or to one of these rosters, or vice versa. Some of these rosters, some people who don't get "quote unquote" drafted may go to NXT. That's yeah, that's true. We could see people going back and forth. Now, before we do talk about this week's main event, 1994's WCW Halloween Havoc, uh, we did get another treat uh, uh, during the NXT TakeOver show, uh, and that is that NXT will hold a special-themed Wednesday episode called Halloween Havoc. Yes, they will hold their NXT, will do their own Halloween Havoc, hosted by none other the queen of Halloween herself, uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, that was uh, that, that was definitely a cool announcement. Uh, I think Shotzi, to the surprise of no one, has be, quickly become a fan favorite with the WWE Universe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that would be too expected. Uh, anybody that comes out and you know driving a cool little tank like she does, uh, will definitely get over. But yeah, NXT's Halloween Havoc, uh, which brings us to now our main event of the evening, uh, and we are going to take a look back at 1994. WCW's Halloween Habit. How did we get here? Well, it's October. It's Halloween. 
We'll be talking about Halloween Havoc this week, next week, and next two weeks. Uh, but yes, let's start with the beginning. In 1994, where were you, Danny? Were you keeping up with the WCW shenanigans now that Hulk Hogan uh, had joined? I wasn't really watching wrestling at the time. I think I was watching. If I was, it was it. I was I was still living in California, so the only wrestling I got at the time or was watching was um, WWF Superstars. So I'd watch Superstars on Saturday mornings. And that was about the wrestling I had at that time. Um, I hadn't found WCW, hadn't found all their shenanigans yet. Um, so I didn't really see this live when it happened. All right. Well, I, I will definitely set the stage for you and everyone. Okay. Uh, 1994, of course, a huge year for WCW uh, as it had been announced, the huge signing of the immortal Hulk Hogan, of course. Uh, he had left the Louis uh, to go out and make movies, uh, but Ted Turner uh, made him an offer he could not refuse. And here he is, big parade in um, Walt Disney World. It was, yeah, Disney World, that's the one in Orlando. And yeah, uh, out comes the parade, out comes the... You know, Jimmy Hart and uh, British Beefcake and Hulk Hogan, Mijin Oakland, the huge signing, of course. He goes on to headline Bash at the Beach, defeat Ric Flair. Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, in Clash of the Champions on August 24th, uh, before his match, he gets attacked by a masked man. Uh, of course, this would be... Uh, what basically leads the uh, storylines for the rest of the fall, leading to this match where Hulk Hogan, WCW World Champion, will be defending the championship one more time uh, at Halloween Havoc versus Ric Flair in a cage match, title versus career. Huge stakes here. Mr. T will be the special guest referee. Uh, Muhammad Ali's ringside, he will be uh, handing the belt to the winner. Um, the main event, yeah. yeah. So here we go. Uh, let's go ahead and get started uh, with your opening match for the WCW World Television Championship. Uh, going to a 10-minute time limit draw. Johnny B. Bad retained his championship. Uh he defended against the honky tonk man. Yeah, uh, a little interested that that it did go to that time limit draw, um, but that was part of the television championship is that it had a a very short um, very short time span for the matches, and it's interesting. I kind of liked that actually because it a it leaves things unfinished. Nobody gets pinned. You know, I almost wish that that sometimes wrestling on television had shorter time limits, so we got more time limit draws. You know, because not every you're not always going to beat somebody in seven or eight minutes. You're not always going to beat somebody in fourteen minutes. So if you do a ten minute draw, then every then everybody comes out looking good still. Absolutely, uh, this match was uh, all right. Um, I mean, it was a honky tonk, man. It was um, it was the battle of 
the legends of the music industry in the in Elvis Presley versus versus Little Richard, the fight we never got. Well, the fight we should have the never fight got. we did. We the fight we didn't did need. That's what you meant. No, I meant the fight for 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 um, you know, mm, music supremacy. That we, who truly invented rock and roll? Who was the king of rock and roll? That fight. Um, so yeah. we got it gotcha. in in a in a way between these two, and it was unsettled. Mm. Uh, that indeed. Um, yeah, this match was definitely interesting. Uh, definitely not the way I would have opened the match. Now, I, I do get the time limit, and that was nice. But, I mean, getting a warning five minutes and every minute thereafter kind of started getting annoying. But what was more annoying is that, he, that the timekeeper was announcing, or the announcer was saying how much time was left, but they almost never tried to do the pinfall. They never attempted pinfalls near the end of the yeah. match. Kind of found like, okay, uh, at least be aware. I mean, I know you're fighting each other and you're in a feud, but be aware. Well, you know that that, that kind of like said, well, you know that that to me was a miss. Uh, but well, know. the mat the match itself wasn't great, so that's you know what do you yeah. want? It was Johnny uh, B. Bad versus the Honky Tonk Man. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about it more than it deserves. On to the tag team match next. Tag team match. <laughs> uh, for the World Tag Team Championships, uh, Stars and Stripes, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and uh, the Patriot. Uh, uh, I, I guess if they teamed up now, they would be more like Stars and Strips. But that's you I know, mean. Another show. Um, yeah. Pretty wonderful. Paul, uh, Paul Aldorf and Paul Roma. Uh, were yeah, you Paul and here? Paul. Mm-hmm. The Pauls. Uh, Paul, wonderful. The PP Connection. Ooh, don't call it the PP uh, Connection. Yeah. That's part of that other Mr. show. Mr. Wonderful. That's part, part of, of that show. other show, yeah. Pretty, yes. Paul Roma. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Here, they defeat Stars and Stripes to win the uh, the tag team championships. Uh, of course, this is what like uh, Bagwell's twentieth tag team partner. Oh goodness, yeah, Bagwell's had been in so many different teams, dude. Yeah. The man has uh, commitment yeah. issues. What can Better we say? <laughs> I, I thought the match was fine. Uh, that's why he drips for a living. Yeah, that's why he's that's why he's a gigolo because he has commitment issues. You got to pay for his time. Exactly. And even then, you want a refund. <coughs> there you go. Don't, don't want to pay a lot for that muffler. That's right. Muffler? Why do you insult mufflers? It's an old commercial. You don't want to pay a lot for a muffler. He's a muffler. Who cares? It, it, it's a it's a part of the car, but do we really need it? And if we do really need it, do we really want to pay for it? Because you don't see it. It's kind of useless, but it's there. He's a muffler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, pretty wonderful become the new tag team champions. Uh, amid but- amid mild shenanigans, the referee was down, and uh, Roma hit the big elbow drop to the back of of uh, of Bagwell after they had kind of hit a finish, and uh, and pulls him on top. So amid mild shenanigans, but pretty wonderful becomes your WCW World Tag Team Champions. Yeah, re- in, really- in what was a eh, kind of match. A, a lot of it was uh, very. Yeah, but... Well, yes, as as we'll discuss as things go along. Yeah, Patrick it gets better. That, it's better. Yeah, that was. Eh. Um, yeah, it gets better though. Uh, not yet, because next we get a battle of brother versus brother. Bert, you no, uh, you got it. You got to make sure that people understand you're doing air quotes when you say brother and brother. Okay, Dave uh, Sullivan, uh, the Eugene before there was Eugene. Hey, he was cool. he made Eugene look cool before Eugene did. Okay, thank you oh, for bringing that reference because a lot of people hate hate on uh, Dave Dave uh, Sullivan, but they liked Eugene. Right. I don't like either. Yeah, I thought I thought sure. both were that's terrible, and and that's okay. See, that's a good thing to have, but thinking that. Dave Sullivan was horrible, and Eugene was good. I'm sorry. Nick Dinsmore? No. De- De- at least Dave Sullivan, you know, picked a good person to get get around, okay? But it was what tripped me, and this part I hadn't heard uh, or paid attention to, but um, he came out, uh, Dave Sullivan came out to one of Hulk Hogan's songs from his one and only Music DVD, music record. Yeah, it was a record at the time, probably. It was well. I I, I had the CDs. It was a CD. Gotcha. I wanna be a Hulkamaniac with a bunch of little kids singing. Yeah, it sounded I like a kids' bop song. Okay, Hulkamaniac. And, it and sounded then, like a kids' bop song. Okay, like a chorus look, of a chorus look. of bad kids singing this little silly song about I wanna be a Hulkamaniac. I want to be a superstar too, or whatever the hell they were singing about. It well, was thirty-year-old Patrick ate it up. Right. Well, I, I bet you did. You, I I used to have this CD. I don't know what uh, I used to, to have the whole Hulkamaniac CD and bump yes. it, and jump up and down, and song. sing all the songs. Oh wow, rap uh, song too, huh? Those Ooh. note. Uh, this was strictly Hulk Hogan singing every single song. Uh, no, uh, there were no other uh, wrestlers involved. Uh, Jimmy Hart helped make the tunes, uh, which could probably explain why they all seem the same. But yeah, yeah, he well, sang ballads, he sang rock, he sang rap. I mean, you got to use. He could this. do it. He could do it all, brother. He was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. Like, if you YouTube like Hulk Hogan music CD, uh, everybody, you you will be finding this. Uh, it, it's, I don't it's a, think I want to. Is it as good or bad as Macho Man's Rap CD? Um, depending on whether or not you like it, uh, it 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 just depends. Uh, it if you if you look back at like nostalgia, I think yeah, I think you like it. Uh, but 
I, I hope you're not expecting if you're not expecting a Grammy award winning performance. If they so it, so basically, it's trash. It's nostalgic trash. So if you like to hear trashy old stuff, then this is the CD for you, brother. Brother. Brother, so, brother. Uh, yeah, so Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band is what it's called. And the Wrestling Boot the, Band, wow! So, so somebody had the audacity of uh putting uh this whole album in, in on YouTube, um, of course, because that's they? what you do. Um, for anybody listening, I'm posting that link right oh, there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Hulk uh, Hogan. Uh, be, be, be where if you want to know the titles of the songs, uh, it's probably in the like, comments section. Yeah, yeah. Hold, 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 hold on, we need, we need to do a disclaimer. This yeah. this song, please click the link at your own risk. If your ears bleed, any un um, any incontinence, any loose bowels, all that that's on your own, not our fault. Do not try to sue us. We ain't got no money. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. I mean, if we had money, Mika would actually get paid for this. Um, exactly. So, for her appearance, yeah. at least, to get her basic yeah. standard appearance fee. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, Kali, we were even Dave Sullivan. Uh, Dave Sullivan versus Kevin, Kevin Sullivan. Dave beats Thank Kevin goodness. by countout in less than five minutes. The match was terrible. I think they only took a handful of bumps. It was bad. Let's move on to the next one. We talked about this too much yeah. already. Yeah. We, we, okay. Uh, a good-looking, good hairdo on Dusty Rhodes. Of course. So, so to, to piggyback on, on how we got here, because this feud between Dustin Rhodes, the natural Dustin Rhodes, and um, Art Anderson, uh, back then a part of uh, – uh, Colonel Parker's uh, stud stable uh, came back from earlier when uh, Dustin and Arn were tag team partners, but then Arn Anderson stabbed Dustin in the back, joined uh, Terry Funk. I think Terry Funk and Buckhouse Buck were teaming up. Um, yeah, Terry and so, Buckhouse yeah. Buck were together. So yeah. They fight later in the night. Back. And so then we go on to then uh, that big, uh, that big promo with Dusty asked Dustin to be his tag team partner and carry the old man, and he didn't want a handshake. He wanted a hug and a bit and the, and the kids, baby, to seal the deal. Uh, because I guess that's how um, Dusty R.I.P. sealed every deal. Uh, but yeah, so then at Clash of Champions, we saw uh, Dustin and Dusty Rhodes go against Art Anderson and uh, and and Bunkhouse Bunk, I think uh, it was the, the match. Uh, from there, uh, they could you know that goes nowhere because Ming gets involved and then all this hoopla, hopla. But yeah, then we get here the. The grudge match, you know, Dustin and Anderson, and they they they're just throwing punches, you know. Uh, I mean, it's a it's pretty much yeah, it's definitely more of a fight than a wrestling match between two very accomplished wrestlers. Yeah, uh, of course, uh, the natural Dustin Rhodes uh, takes the win here, defeats Arn Anderson, um, and uh, yeah, will eventually go on to. Uh, 
you know, hey, in less than a year, he'll be wrestling like Top Bully uh, in, in, on top of a, uh, an 18 wheeler, and that gets a fire from the WCW because apparently. Well, and then he goes on to become Gold Dust and all this stuff. But so far, this was match of the night so far, okay? All the other matches were pretty terrible. This match, I was like, okay, maybe this show's starting to turn around. We're getting to the good wrestling. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're um, getting there. And then from there, uh, we get Jim Duggan defending the uh, defending the United States Championship uh, against Steve Austin. Here's Steve Austin when he was stunning before he was stone cold. Um, yeah, somewhere in that middle section. He was stunning Steve, but he wasn't quite Stone Cold Steve Austin yet. He was starting to talk a little bit like Stone Cold, if you hear the way he cuts the promo in the video package leading up to the match. Right. You know, I, I, I love the bottom Steve line, Austin. that kind of stuff. Great character. I really like WCW Steve Austin. Uh, I mean, you know, his tag team partner with uh, being the Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman, uh, then being part of the uh, Dangerous Alliance with, uh, you know, at that time, James E. Dangerously. Uh, you know, you always saw him always wearing gold, you know, whether it was a TV title or the U.S. title. Didn't quite get to that main one uh of course, late 94, he eventually got injured and then got FedEx fired. Uh, Famously shame, FedEx but, fired, yeah. You know, listen, uh, if you ask Steve Austin, what was the greatest thing to happen in his life? It was getting fired from WCW. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if he had not gotten fired, he wouldn't have gone to uh, ECW and cut those promos he did. Uh, and then from there, getting hired by the WWE and, you know... The rest is history. I, I yeah. I don't think say enough. Well, the ma- the match was good. I liked the match, but the disqualification ending was over the top over the top rope rule. Is that the, that was the disqualification? Correct, if I remember correctly. Right. I watched it a couple days ago. Yeah. So that was still an old NWA rule that they held on to. Um, but I yet again, I like this match too. So I I kept thinking, okay, this show's starting to turn around. We're getting some fun stuff, you know. Up next is a is a was a big match too that I was really looking forward to. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I tell you, uh, with these guys, uh, it's great. Uh, you know, you, of course, you got Duggan who had joined uh, early in the year uh, with uh, you know the friends of the Hulkster, oh, and then Austin. Uh, yeah, a fun match, but it's all about you know uh, Austin. Putting over the guys. I mean, he uh, put. Uh, I mean, he had just lost to Ricky Steamboat, and then he would go on to after this. I don't even think he, he even was able to have another match because just he kept being injured, and you know, yeah. They, they well, it was kind of kind of towards the end, kind of towards the end of his career. Um, yeah, you know, at least his regular wrestling career, but. You know, he was, he was the United States champion. That's as high as Hacksaw ever wanted to aspire to. He loved America. He was the United States champion. He eventually had a heel turn to Canada, but we blame that on uh, on bad booking. 
Yeah. Uh, Vince Russo. Hello. Yeah. There you um, go. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, those not Italian. Totally Peruvian. Uh, how slow depends uh, on the time of day. So. And how sure. much you had to drink. Uh, yeah. That's true. Speaking of, uh, cheers, mates. Cheers to I'm drinking Yingling traditional yeah. lager tonight. You know they came out with a new one, that uh, a yellow colored one, uh, not the ah. not the beer, but the, the 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 color like the stickering, the packaging. Uh, yeah, it's called it's like, the Logan, Golden Lager. Um, which, uh, I, I don't you know, think I've tried the Golden Lager yet. I enjoy it. I like I, I like it. I like Golden stuff. I like kind of that beer type. So I'll I'll have to give it a try next time. Thank, I just thank grabbed you for this because I was at the gas it. station. I just it was the gas station and it was and it was uh and it was there so that's why I grabbed it. I wasn't time, at, up, yeah. Uh, there you go. I got my tequila here. We're doing shots. Shots till we drop, okay? There we go. All right, so back, so back to Halloween yeah. Havoc '94. Now that we're all drinking, for not dying at the hospital. Yes, yes, He's thank you, alive. congratulations. Yes, yeah. Cody, yeah. we love you. Uh, who is Cody? You guys know Cody because apparently Cody knows you guys. Yeah, we, he's he's kind of our he's kind of our uh, our kid kind of. He's our kid. He's our kid. Yeah. Oh, he's that. Cody. I heard of a Cody that that the guy that the Cody parents. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, you just didn't know his last name. Yeah, yeah, that's that Cody. There you go. Yes, yeah, that's that, that Cody. That's our he just, I mean, he probably he's. he's I don't you know, know if he's met you or not. He, he lives in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I've only right. seen I've only seen him at the Wrestlecades. Um, <laughs> the only time I've I'm kind of an absentee father, so to speak. You did. That was a laugh snort. That was good. Uh, I love yeah, this. I, I, ho- I hope that your real parents are better than your fake ones because the fake ones really are not that good. Uh, yeah. So I guess this year then you're not even going to see Cody thanks to COVID. Sadly, no. There's no Wrestlecade this year. I'm very bummed out about that. Um, yeah. I mean, because I, I think this year was the one year where all four of us, I think, might have gotten a chance to go. I mean, I'm not could have been able to go, me, yeah. I think the three of us, that uh, Eric, Danny, and I were planning on possibly making Trying to it. go, yeah. Oh, you so, know I was going to be there. That was that was. Yeah, my, Mika there definitely was no doubt about there, yeah. it. Yeah, definitely our big trip of the year. We cannot get press passes and big, big, uh, big league starts all the time. I remember that. Oh, Um, you, your memory is shaky, sir. You got a concussion? I would never do that to you, guys. Please. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, I probably do sound like I was concussed once upon a time. (laughs) However, you know, it's all right. I blame the drugs I've never taken. Um, okay, uh, where were we? So on to okay. our super heavyweight match of the evening. Ah, yes. So the Guardian Angel. Who the heck calls themselves the Guardian Angel? Well, well it's okay. Here, it was it was a gimmick that I feel I, I mentioned this to Eric, 
Eric and I were texting a little bit while we were watching the homework. All right. And I was mentioning that the guardian angel was such a dated gimmick that I feel that a lot of people today might not really remember what the guardian angels were. Yeah. But he, of course, he was the big boss man in WWF. Mm-hmm. He would later go on to be big boss man again in WWF. Only and he you know, was in, back in the day big Bubba Rogers in. Uh, yeah, he was the, big Bubba Rogers. You know, as or even before then. But what the Guardian Angels were in real life, they were basically uh, citizens volunteering to kind of be law enforcement. The the Guardian Angels actually helped clean up crime in a lot of cities that were not safe for people. The New York subway system was a very, very dangerous place, especially if you were from out of town. Uh, you would, you know, pe- criminals would wait for people that looked like they weren't from the, from in town, and they would mug them and rob them and stab them. And like it was a the New York subway system was a very dangerous place. New York Times Square was a very dangerous place in the 70s and 80s. And it's because of people, it's because the Guardian Angels and other organizations that were citizens on patrol, basically, that helped clean up a lot of those areas. So when, when the big boss man comes out with eight other Guardian Angels, those were probably actually guys who were Guardian Angels at various places because they were in Detroit. They were in Detroit or they were in Chicago. And they were in Chicago for this show, right? Uh, so Chicago, it's Detroit. Detroit itself was a city that had a lot of crime, and the Guardian Angels were there to help protect to help protect people. You see, a lot of these guys are really big, kind of intimidating-looking people, but they wore these outfits to show you that you know, hey, it's you know, you're safe as long as I'm here. I'm your Guardian Angel. But to have him call himself the Guardian Angel and that be his gimmick was kind of being the he wasn't the big boss man because police were starting to be corrupt in the nineties. We were starting to find out about police corruption. So the guardian angels were the citizens who did some of the work that police couldn't do because there wasn't enough of them. So it was a dated gimmick, but it, you know, it was the big boss man and he was still the same wrestler that he has been throughout his entire career. It was just a weird name for him. Wait a minute. Hold on. Did you really have to explain Yes. Who, the Garden Angels were. Yeah. I, did, oh. I didn't have to explain it to Eric. Eric knew, but I, I, I thought that a oh, lot okay. of people probably didn't know who the Guardian Angels were, especially younger people today. I mean, Eric's kind of young. you know. I but mean, Eric was one year old when this show happened. So, oh, yeah. 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 He's a young man. So, But I think he, he understands the world enough. He's read things. He's seen things on the interwebs. So he might know who the Guardian Angels are, but He's, I had to, uh, I would I didn't explain this all to Eric, but I had to sit here and say I feel bad that some it's a dated gimmick because the Guardian Angels aren't really a thing anymore, at absolutely. least the way they were in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Huge, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eric has definitely said some some things we all have. I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, where were we? Super uh, heavyweight yeah. match, baby. Hey. So here you go. Big boys coming out slugging. Who's the man? Of course, over a year ago, or maybe two years, I can't remember. Uh, well, it was over a year ago. Uh, Vader had lost his uh, WCW World Championship. Of course, he managed by the great Harley Race uh, on the path uh, to 
uh, of uh, tearing people apart, just uh, destroying everything. Uh, and well, the guardian angel wanted to put stop to the bully that was Vader. Uh, of course, he was not successful in that. He lost. Uh, Vader would go on to um, uh, to face uh, the thing with Vader in this match is that I was most surprised about was Harley Race getting as physically involved as he did. Um, I know that Harley, you, you should you know, know. Harley Race. If you ha- look up to his passing, look. Like you give Harley Race a chance to take a bump, he'll take a bump. Well, okay, you know, so that I didn't, I didn't really realize that because from what we've watched, I've watched going back now with with Vader as Harley as his manager. Harley really didn't get in there and take bumps a lot of the time that I've seen. So to me, it was surprising to see him get in there and take big bumps multiple times, mm-hmm. including a big a bigger suplex bump that led to the finish of the match. I thought he couldn't yeah. take bumps because of like a neck surgery or something. Um, no, I didn't no, realize no. he could still get in there and mix it up with bumps. So I was a little surprised at, at how physically involved Harley yeah. was during this match. Yeah. The, the old school guys, man, you give them a chance, they'll take it. Uh, but yeah, really fun match here. Basically to establish, reestablish Vader who would go on to face Jim Duggan for the, uh, United States Championship, win that, uh, then face Hulk Hogan multiple times in 20, in 20 wrong year, 1995, um, eventually getting his filming hurts because Lex Luger, uh, you know, showed up and, and got Hogan's attention. But, uh, yeah, uh, Big Ben Vader, I was, I was very afraid of Vader until he showed up at uh, Boy Meets World. Uh, then, <laughs> then I was like, "What the heck?" I thought this is real. Who's the man? He's hey man, he's still a scary guy. I met him a year before he died, and he was still a scary guy. Okay, we did, we did. I, I'm telling you, it, I don't always fanboy. Yeah, but uh, fanboyed yes, a little bit with Dick Van Vader. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely fanboy now, Eric. From one to ten, with ten being the greatest knowledge, how well did you know about the Guardian Angels? Um, and where did you learn about the Guardian Angels? Like, outside of the gimmick of Bossman, or like the yeah. actual group? Outside, outside, the actual group themselves. We were talking about it, and I kind of went into their history a little bit. And told you that said that you and I were talking, and I kind of mentioned that I felt the gimmick was dated, and that a lot of people today wouldn't realize like who and what the Guardian Angels were and the impact they had. Well, so I mean, I heard of them ten, before, how but much I did you know about didn't them? really know much about them. Uh, two, maybe. Right. But then uh, I like, they okay. actually have a website, and then I looked at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep in mind. I mean, in, in their at the height of the of, of the Garden Angels, Eric was a toddler, so that, I, well, I definitely yeah. did not expect him to to know that, right? I mean, I guess eventually he would have understood who they were, what they do, but but by the late nineties, you know, who, who was the Garden Angels? Is that that big bossman guy? 
Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, um, Garden Angel. Well, he would get an attitude and get mad, and eventually become Big Bubba Rogers again. Uh, and then down the line, we joined the Dungeon of Doom, and then we joined the. Uh, then he would join the NWO. Then he get kicked out of the NWO, and then he become Ray then, Trailer again. Yeah, he become Ray Trailer. And then he would eventually go back to WAF as the big boss man in the yeah, black uh, SWAT type gear. Mm-hmm. Prote- you Join the corporate boss, ministry. Yep. Join the corporate ministry. Get hung by the Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania that most of us would yeah. like to forget about. Good times. Like a six. It was like a six-minute Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, Kurt Porch, if you ever. Uh, if you ever uh, feel like you want to get together and just uh, have drunk shenanigans, we're here every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, live on, on Podbean. Uh, bring your favorite drink and, and have one. But alas, okay, uh, where were we? What are we talking about now? Okay, we're back we're, to. I, mean, I, can't, I can't believe this is the co-main event of the evening. Well, yeah, of all matches. Yeah, the co-main event. Really? Uh, the Nasty Boys defeated Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Duck in a tag team match that went uh, quite a while. A lot I mean, longer than, longer it, than it should have. I don't know what's funnier. Um, Terry Funk hitting himself in the head with a chair like 20 times. Like a dozen or, times, uh, yeah. Or, or the pod driver on the pumpkin. Um, you know, I mean, Terry Funk's a psycho, so chair Terry Funk's been back. crazy for like decades, that. decades. Okay. Um, I mean, he was even in WCW in two thousand. He was doing moonsaults on the trash cans and stuff. Okay, he's he's a madman, and he is a guy who. Who I'd kind of be legit scared of because he's kind of crazy. He's he's apparently very nice, very wonderful to talk to at wrestling events. If you can if you can see him, you know apparently he's he's great to talk with. He loves to just hanging out and talking wrestling with fans. But um, I'd still kind of be a little bit scared of him because I know that he'd start throwing chairs at any given minute. Yeah, I Terry mm-hmm. Funk at seventy years old is still not somebody I'd want to meet in a dark alley. Well, yeah, that, uh, that that's for sure. Um, can't, yeah, I can't believe he's only 76 years old. That's crazy. Uh, but this match was uh, basically as bananas as any match would be. Um, I mean, it was uh, just crazy brawl. Yeah. The the nasties came out with, with pumpkins that eventually led into the finish when the ref wasn't looking, and then he didn't notice the smashed pumpkin all over the ring and didn't really care. Counted the pin anyways. Yeah. I can't believe I watched it. In- interesting. You did well, it for the love talk of the about game. It now. All right. Well, look, Eric, you got here at the perfect time because we are not talking about the main event of Halloween having 1994. How exciting are we? Steel cage match. Championship. Career. Versus, versus career, retirement. yeah. Versus, well, no, it wasn't career. No, it was supposed to be whoever would. 
It was supposed to be either guy would retire the way they yeah. talked about it all night. Because the, the brain right, was right. ripping on Hogan all night long about how Hogan was a terrible person. And he lied to all the fans and all the people, and he was a terrible person. And he was going to be happy and rejoice the minute Hulk Hogan was out of wrestling forever. You're right. He was a Curry versus <laughs> uh, But, man, uh, so here we are. We're culminating, like, what, through three months here. Who is the mass man? The, the match was a good match. The match was just was was going to be it? Was, was it? Uh, <laughs> was it? For a Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair match. Yes. It was. was. It? <laughs> what is it? Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, did we not watch the same match? I mean, look. I I know, did like, it was a cage listen. match with Ric Flair and he didn't bleed. I was surprised. Wow. I was surprised wow. Rick Flair didn't bleed okay. in the cage. Was yeah. it Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly? Absolutely nowhere near close to it. Okay. But, but for Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan in a cage, which Mr. T as the special guest referee. Guest referee. It, it yes. was a good match. What? Mr. T, I the mean, referee. Do you think it was a bad match? I mean, it I definitely wasn't a good match. Was... I would say it was closer to a bad match than it was closer to a good match. Uh, maybe you have to redo your homework. No. It, it was a match. Can we? Can we? Can we all agree that it was a match? I mean, I don't even know if we can consider it that. <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay. All right. You 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 you, you have you have forced her to mute herself. Um. Okay, so fine. It was a match. A match. I, you know, it That's was a word for it too. It wasn't as bad as I think most people expected. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrifying. Okay, the be- Okay, okay. Sherry gets in there, gets stripped half naked, and still gets in there and starts trying to mess stuff up. Okay, she's there like in her lingerie. Way before the days of brawn panty matches and lingerie matches, she's there in her underwear, basically trying to a fight Hulk Hogan and and takes oh. the body slam and everything. Okay, <laughs> let me it just a forerunner, right? a forerunner of Yeah, so she decided to get dressed. Oh, Brady, are you a moron? Um, she decided she to was get climbing dra- up well, there you know, I mean, in her outfit. Sexiest lingerie to go. and then put her wrestling gear on top. Yeah, like, wh- where's the thought process at? They couldn't have okay, been comfortable. hold on, hold on. Stop, You're going to be on national why TV. You... you get on your sexiest underwear, okay? Why Why oh. are you thinking about the, the underwear and the gear? You're supposed to suspend disbelief. Okay, I can honestly tell you that as a woman... Sometimes you want to feel a little bit sexy, and you put your your nice under things on, and you know you go from there. Under you things? don't expect the whole. Uh, yes, We're, this is 1994. I'm, I'm being like politically correct for the time. Under things. You put your nice little under things on, and you don't expect the whole free world pay per view to see what's happening under your stuff. But you know, hey, if you happen to have maybe to she was- make it. Then there Maybe it she is. She was hoping for, a, for a night with Rick, we're celebratory night with Ric Flair afterwards, okay? Woo! Look, we already established last week. <laughs> longest ride, old, or longest line, oldest ride, baby. 
She was looking at Rod's face mountain. She wanted to see what all the hype was about. And you got to be prepared. At any given time, Rick could say, let's see what you're working with, honey. And she could have just ripped off the gear. I mean, it's possible. So she was prepared. And she did not let a lack of clothing stop her from trying to get the goal accomplished. Kudos to Sherry. Thank you. Yeah, although she did fail at getting the goal accomplished, but well, everybody failed at beating Hogan. So I mean, but but she tried. She did try. That's that's all I'm saying. She 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 went for it in her underwear. She was less dressed than everybody there, and she still went for it. That's that's a fighter. That's a scrapper. Is that is a hall. <sighs> Eric. Was she less dressed than everybody there? Uh, uh, yeah, she was considering. Mm. She was more well, covered was up with Hogan and Flair. That's true. She did have more clothes on than they did. Because they were just <laughs> in their I'm talking pants. about tech. She was in her underwear, and you're not supposed to see all that. That's supposed to be a secret. Technically, so were they. God, I'm but we were well, they had, them well, in their they underwear. They had underwear be underneath. Their- we don't know that for a fact. We don't know that for a yeah. fact. Yeah. And, and what kind of cage match is this where Ric Flair is not bleeding? Like That's what I'm saying. Rick's in a cage and doesn't bleed. What the hell? His ret- his career was on the line. Well, mm. may- maybe Hogan didn't want to get the hepatitis B because there was some blood. You know what I'm saying? Hogan used to bleed a lot in his day too. Okay, but you weren't going to have your baby face bleed with Mr. T there. Maybe Mr. T didn't want to get yeah. the blood. Okay. Do Do you know how hard it is to get blood out of yellow outfits? It's hard as heck, and come on. Yeah, what would you want to let it go? Because you have Mr. T, you're not gonna bleed in front of a a, a you know a TV superstar. Not and you're forgetting Muhammad Ali one. was there too. Muhammad Ali was there but, to provide the the uh, the championship to the winner. Yeah, but look at now. the time we're in. We're in '94. You're in a time of HIV and AIDS, and blood is a way to pass that along. So you definitely don't want on your big pay per view to bleed over a national TV star like Mr. Oh, excuse me, a worldwide TV star like Mr. T, and a worldwide legend like Muhammad Ali. That's just a no no. It's, it's and like stinger at them. ringside, you, you okay? And sting at ringside. You don't want to bleed on a sting. He's and nice sting at on. ringside, yeah. who's in his tux and. Uh, Still wearing the sunglasses inside. Yeah, because he's cool, Daddy. Because he's cool. Let me just remind you of one thing, okay? What was the thing I was going to remind you? Okay, this was in a time <laughs> where bleeding was not allowed in WCW. Let's not forget, really? five months later, Dustin Rhodes and uh, Black Top Bully, that Barry Darso, were fired because they bled. Okay, see, I didn't realize that. Mm. Yeah. So this was Ted Turner cycling up and saying, you can't bleed, it's got to be an international object, not a foreign object, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ted Turner it's the rules. plunder, daddy. The plunder. The plunder. I wouldn't say this was a Ted thing, but I mean, it was definitely a, a WCW thing. No bleeding. And all right, well, that explains the blood. What explains all the crappy shenanigans after the cage match? Ric Flair career is done, okay, and then he just kind of like leaves the cage, and then all this crazy shenanigans happen. It makes you forget that essentially an 11 time world champion, 
supposedly one of the greatest of all time, which I still don't believe, leaves the wrestling Woo! business forever. Okay? Because and they, then you have all these shenanigans afterwards. Because as every, what do you mean? Because as everybody learned, it wasn't forever. He was back six months later. But that gas, that gas station beer got you fired up, though. No, I'm always anti-Ric Flair. I never liked Flair. I'll tell it to everybody and their mother. I don't like Ric Flair. I never have. Will you tell it I don't to his daughter? Yeah, I'll tell it to her. I'll tell her she's not the greatest either. <laughs> Same. Okay. Will you tell her son? But his, his I, son? The, the one that's dead? Either. I'll tell him. Oh. <laughs> Holy smokes, y'all are being in there. Bad, bad. Is this shit? What, what, what are you just got? Oh, you, you uh, dig out. Uh, are you gonna dig out Reed's body and tell him that? Oh, uh, he's so bad. He's still alive. Golly, come on. Let's, let's not. I don't know. If, I mean, fucking Christ. That's, that's, I don't that's know if I'd far. say that exact words. Those weren't those weren't my exact words. I didn't say I was digging up the bones. I just said I would. I would. I would say that Ric Flair is not the best wrestler of all time. I've never really enjoyed a Ric Flair match. I don't like the style that he wrestles. And when he wrestles a match, it's always his style because he's the heel. So he's dictating the pace of the match. Mm. And I'm just never really a fan of that. It's boring. It's not entertaining to me. Um, you know, watching him, watching him, and then of course his facial expressions and his his selling and all that's just kind of irritating. The same way the Rock does. They do over the top, and it's just irritating to me. I'm not right, really a fan of Rock either. Like if you go back now, in Rick's career, if you go back in Rick's career, none of his stuff, like even his real, real old, old stuff, that you're in the same boat. Him and him and Ricky Steamboat, I can't get into it, okay? Because he wrestled Damn, the same style okay. then, and it's his style, and he's he's it's a slow. He's working your leg. He's doing this. And he's doing this. And he sits up. It's just not entertaining to him. So what he's telling me, is and that, I okay. get that it made him a lot of money over the years, and all this, and all this, and all this, but he just. I, it's just, it's not enjoyable to me. Okay, so note to self, convince Danny to do, to watch, uh, Hulk, I mean, uh, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. I've watched them, and I don't enjoy them. That's what I'm saying. I've watched, I haven't watched the trilogy, but I've watched, I've watched at least one of the matches. Yeah. And I still just, I like Steamboat, but I don't like him versus Ric Flair because I have to watch Ric Flair. No. Fair enough. So, so tell okay. us more about the shenanigans after after the match. So okay, so I missed all these interruptions. The mask man comes from underneath the ring because that's where he was the whole time. Uh, he's probably, the whole, all night apparently just laying there. He was all probably night. visiting. Uh, bumping. He was probably at little at little people's court, uh, making sure that he was, he was oh, actually he was actually creating hornswoggle. There okay. Hornswoggle lived under the ring. He was born under the ring. He met Hornswoggle's mother under the ring. Hornswoggle was what if Sherry was done there for a little bit? And Sherry was Hornswoggle's mother. Was Hornswoggle's mother? That would explain his cheeky shenanigans. As Sherry definitely liked to mix it up and 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 be the wrench in the gears. I quit. (laughs) I'm right behind you. Oh, I think uh, so. Vince McMahon's, but Vince McMahon's the dad, though. That's the problem, okay? Because uh, yeah. Vince McMahon was Hornswoggle's dad. Hornswoggle was the missing McMahon, 
as well as Hornswoggle being um, the anonymous fraud general manager, yeah. if you remember correctly. You were yeah. All right. Um, but apart from under the ring shenanigans, so yeah, back so, back to not back to ninety four. The men was before he was born. The men knocks out Sting and then disappeared. Uh, and then after Hulk Hogan's victorious, and of course Hulk Hogan must pose because that's what he does, baby. Posing, you know, doing everything uh, from behind him. Look out! Look out! And then. The masked man tries to uh, hit him in the back with the lead pipe, but Hogan smarts uh, and uh, turns around and blocks him. Uh, a few punches later, unmasks to find out it was his best friend, Brutus the Barber Biffcakes. Brother Brutai! He was just Brother Brutai at this point in time. Uh, and, Has uh, there ever been a time that their careers have not been linked together? No. Look. Because Brutus the Barber Beefcake was Hulk Hogan's butt, buddy. Danny. Oof. Danny if, I, if, I you could call him his bitch. I mean, listen. It, can you fault the man for, you know, riding the train as long as he could? I bet he did ride the train. Where do I where 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 do I get out of this at? Where's the exit button? I'm gone. Sorry, this train doesn't have a stop until we're done. <sighs> nope. Yeah, until yeah. it runs its uh, rail, it runs right off the rails. Exactly. Uh, well, this train arrived a long time ago. It's but, uh, off the rails. Um, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but you know, be, the joke would be like if we forgot to record this thing, right? That's the actual joke. That would be the full off the rails. Um, we missed all of this great content. Uh, but where were we? 1994. Uh, Brutus Beefcake is is now the, the was the masked man betrayed his brother, and Hogan shocked. And what happens? I don't know where Kevin Sullivan comes in, and then like Hogan shocked. It's like where are my friends? I'm all alone. Jimmy Stinger, Dave. Everybody left him alone. And then right as they're about to attack him, out comes the artist formerly known as Earthquake. Um, and, you know, yeah. one having the natural disasters, then becoming um, Avalanche. Uh, they will eventually become the shark, will eventually become something else, and then John Tenta. But, uh, yeah, and then the Three faces of fear were born. I thought you were about to say three faces of folly. Brothers, brother Butai becomes the butcher, as uh, the butcher Kevin Sullivan and uh, Earthquake uh, are now. Well, you know he was in Earthquake. He was uh, Avalanche. Uh, are now the three faces of fear. And among them, not a nan one of them was important. Which led us to the main event of Starcade, that, which was Hong Kong versus The Butcher two months later. Jesus Christ. Oh, buddy, I bet that was a barn burner. <laughs> You'll find out when we watch it in two months. Oh, no. Fuck. God, no. 
See, Danny, I told you we need to just watch all of 94 and call it a fucking day. Because Patrick's going to make us watch it. Because he's going to make us regardless. I I told you I like the Band-Aid method where you watch it a little. Fuck. (laughs) Hello? Are we still here? Everybody in the class? Uh, there we go. I, I, I've left the building. Me and Elvis, we're out of here, man. Screw this. <laughs> you, you went with the honky tonk man? Yeah, exactly. He was on this show too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah he we was. We already talked about that. Yep. Open it. Open a match. Uh, that, that's where that's where it started, and that's coach. where it should have stopped. <laughs> this whole event should have stopped after that. Uh, How I said are we it. I just said it. Show? Uh, Got my long side burns and my hair slipped back. That was a WWF song. That was WCW song. It was close. It was something along those same lines. Uh, All right. Patrick, take us home. Take us home. I'm going home. Now we can. Now we can. We couldn't for a minute. Yeah. He gets talked, but then I, I. Oh, this, this is baby. Uh, <laughs> you're clipping, you're clipping in and out a little bit. Yeah. Blame, blame Hogan. That's what it is. There you go. That that that's just yeah, telling us it's time to go home. That could there you go. It's time I'm to bad. take it home. Time to take it home, brother. We're we're botching too much. <laughs> we're botching too much. Okay. okay, time to take it home. All right, give me. Grade C plus. Ooh, I like I like some of the stuff in the middle. I like Dustin versus Arn. I like Duggan versus Austin. I like Vader versus Guardian Angel. But everything else, I could I could do without. I'm gonna give this an incomplete because I don't even care. This this thing is dud. You know how um, Meltzer gives it six stars in the Tokyo Dome. I give it negative six stars in Detroit and the Joe. Oh, I t- I gotta bring the curve up, man. I'm gonna give it a B. Oh, Mika. B for bad. Girl. B for bad. B for bad. B for bad. B for Johnny. Be bad okay. in the in the ah. upside. <laughs> I, I give it a B for Sherry being a forerunner of the Divas match, just trying to get the job done in her underwear. Well. I give this a B. B plus boy. Like curve is that up, when you watched up. it when you were thirteen or when you watched it this week? Because because oh, if I watched it when I was thirteen, I might have enjoyed it a lot more. But as an adult, it doesn't hold the same weight. Grading on the curve. You sure we watched the same show? Yes, I, I'm grading on the curve <laughs> again. You, you know the emotional val- factor. I'm putting. I'm. I'm. I'm including that. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, Good job. Good job. But, Yay. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so that's where we go. Halloween Havoc 1994. <laughs> Next week we got Halloween Havoc 1997. Six. Six. 96 first. Yeah. We'll do 96 first. Okay. Oh, we did 96 at 97. I totally forgot. I we uh, picked 96, 97, and 2000 for this month. All right. All right. We skipped 95. All right. Yeah. We skipped 95. Uh, 
Halloween Havoc 1996. Oh, that's going to be a good one. I could hear uh, Roddy Piper called uh, um, the giant uh, sprout any day. Uh, quickly, before we close out, I know it's very late, but Eric, your thoughts uh, very briefly, in 30 seconds or less, on NXT TakeOver and that main event. Hey, it happened. That's oh. all you got to say about it? You didn't like the main event of TakeOver? Uh, oh, the main event was fine. Everything else was kind of doo-doo. Yeah, well, that's what we were saying. Oh. We liked the, we're talking about the main event. Tell us about the main event. Yeah. Main event was great. Just, it was fine. Very good wrestling. Are you just sour because the Garganos were oh and were robbed? Yeah. Over? They were robbed, yeah. Uh, it was called a spade a spade. They were okay, robbed. Okay, ro- rob me once, shame on them. Rob me twice, shame on me, okay? Is they, they only had their own selves to blame. No, they, they have it's, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And with that, let the, cons- let the conspiracies continue next week live here on Podbean. Check us out, Podbean, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Music. Uh, Google's changing their stuff, so we'll be back on Google at some point. Uh, listen live. This will drop uh, on demand for everybody tomorrow. Follow us on the Twitter machine. Uh, Danny's on Twitter at Danny F in Danger. Mika's on Twitter and actually here uh, at Mika Villas. Yeah. Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling. Bye. Thank you.